Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This is the Wilmarotti Show, your host, Wilmarotti, and uh, Matt Sorice, our master engineer on keeping the show online, on on tempo. And, uh, you know, it's always good when you can have guests come in who are experts at what they do and can able to speak to things that uh, uh, lay people may not be able to understand or speak to. And so I'm really excited for our next guest. First time we've ever had him on. He's the chief epidemiologist at Hartford HealthCare. Uh, we want to welcome Dr. Ulysses Wu to the program. Dr. Wu, welcome to uh, the show. Thank you for having me. So real quick, tell us, uh, how long have you been at Hartford Hospital? How long have you been chief epidemiologist? And for the layperson, give us a, give us a, a couple lines about the uh, epidemiology as a study. Go ahead. Sure, absolutely. That's a great question. Never been asked that before. So I've been, ep- I mean, as an infectious disease practitioner, we all have to practice epidemiology to a certain extent. But okay. uh, I've been at Hartford HealthCare for two years now, mm-hmm. um, and I've been their chief epidemiologist, but I served as a chief epidemiologist in my previous stops as well. And basically, epidemiology can apply to many different things uh, with regards to uh, especially the medicine, but also applies to non-medical things as well. And it's basically looking at this statistical the st- the, statistics, I can't even say it, uh, and uh, with regards to certain populations, uh, whether it be human, whether it be animal, whether it be mammal, whatever it may be, and so they study different things, and so from my standpoint, it's from an infectious standpoint. Well, that's cool. I didn't know it. it I thought it was strictly human, so I, I will not ask you any questions about my beagles, but I will, we'll, <laughs> stay, we'll, we'll stay at the So I have to be honest with you. I, I wasn't really familiar with you or your work at Hartford HealthCare up until a couple of weeks ago, because back on uh, January 11th, um, I was reading a story that appeared in Connecticut Insider, and, and they quoted you, and you suggested that um, you thought the peak for COVID would, would come to Connecticut around January 15th, which would have been last weekend. Now, not that that yep. caused any kind of great controversy or firestorm, but I did read others who said, well, we think it's probably two or three weeks past that, or... In one case, I read four to six weeks, but it seems like, and I've got a, an updated report as of yesterday from the Connecticut Health Department on the state of COVID in Connecticut, seems like you, you kind of called it. So my question to you is, what did you see in the data, or how did you interpret the data 
that caused you to come away with the conclusion that we were going to peak last weekend? Uh, that That's a great question. So first of all, I say even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. And so I cannot take any credit for it. But I, so we so the thing is that we, we tend to get caught up in the science. But right. from, from my standpoint, the way that we predicted it and we were predicting this and I appreciate you for recognizing this since basically the beginning of September. A lot of models were actually saying after September 30th, October 1st, numbers were going to start decreasing. We said there's no way that's going to happen. And the reason why is COVID has become a social disease. What do I mean by that? It means you can get it from other people, and it has to do with our sociology, how we approach other people, how we are around other people. And I knew around October we would start seeing our first frost, and that's when it started getting cold, and that's also – uh, you know, well, I shouldn't say that. Our first frost was in November, but in mid-October was when it was going to start getting cold. And this time last year or two years ago was when we started seeing numbers going up. So extrapolating things like that made us that prediction. And then first frost was November 1st. We had Halloween on October 31st. And so we knew, oh, social disease. That was going to be our first bout mm-hmm. of gatherings and people getting together, having Halloween parties. And then we knew we were running into Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And the reason we chose January 15th was New Year's is January 1st. We knew that cases would start decreasing around the 7th to the 10th, Mm -hmm. and then followed by a decrease in hospitalizations from the 15th to the 21st. And that's where we are. And there's always, correct me if I'm wrong, there's always a lag between deaths, hospitalizations, and new cases, right? Yes, unfortunately, yes. And we are actually... We are past the peak for deaths, I think. We are past the deaths for, deaths for hospitalizations and ventilators and ICUs. But, yes, they were pretty high just a couple days ago. All right, so I've, I've got a limited amount of time, and I have a million questions to ask. So I'm going to try to focus on <laughs> what I hope are, are the more uh, salient questions. Um, so I'm looking at this report from Connecticut Health Department, and it's a breakdown of cases versus fully vaccinated and not fully vaccinated. And obviously the, the people getting it more are the not vaccinated people. But 43%, 9,547 cases as of this last count, 43% of people that got it got the, are, were fully vaccinated. So here's, here's my question. I, I've had COVID, my wife and I had COVID, my, our, our whole family had COVID last year. And then I chose to get vaccinated, really because I didn't want my travel schedule interrupted. I didn't know what was going on with requirements and passports and so on and so forth. And so so I've recovered from COVID. I've been vaccinated. And I'm a pastor, so I'm around people constantly. And I believe in visiting the sick. So I've gone into hospitals. I can't tell you how many arguments I've had with charge nurses about I have to get in the room. Generally, it ends up in me signing off on a waiver to do that. But I, I, I'm, I'm in areas that, I mean, you know, high exposure areas. As far as I know, and I've been tested multiple times, as far as I know, I haven't been reinfected since having COVID and being vaccinated. So what, what would you say in terms of, of effectiveness and or durability with people that have coined the, the phrase um, hybrid immunity? Is, is there, have you studied that? Are you looking at that? Is, is that something that really has, has, uh, has weight, I guess, in the, in the whole discussion? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, I want to say I'm sorry that you got COVID, and I'm glad that you're better. I'm really happy that you also got the vaccine. 
And also, I know that you're a pastor, and I also want to thank you for the work that you do. I want to thank you ahead of time. So to answer your question, hybrid immunity, very important. And actually, if you get COVID and you get the vaccine, you may actually be super protected. So it is actually good. So for those of who... Those of you who, who may have gotten COVID, it is still recommended that you get the booster. Now, one important thing that I want to say in there, and I want to be cognizant of time here, I apologize, is that the messaging for vaccines seems to always have been mixed. People always thought, oh, it's going to prevent me from getting COVID. Absolutely not. It may definitely prevent you from getting COVID. It may prevent you from spreading it. But its most important thing was to keep you out of the hospital. That's what the original studies were done. They showed 90 to 95 percent protection for getting out of the hospital. And so you're right. There is a high percentage of people that are in the hospitals that may be vaccinated, probably about 40 percent, like you alluded to. But a lot of them are actually in for other reasons. So the COVID was found incidentally. They're in for their broken femur or whatever it may be. And as you go up in higher levels of care, those are more likely to be unvaccinated. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so, so yes, the answer is yes. There is there is something to hybrid immunity, and it seems to have some some. It, it's efficacious, and it seems to be durable. I guess is my question. Yes. Right. Uh, dur- I don't know how long, but yes, durable in the short run for sure. Okay. All right. So uh, next next question. Um, I'm looking at the the, the death breakdown and and. You know, we've had, unfortunately, had a lot of deaths in Connecticut. There's no question about it. But the, the percentage of, of deaths in Connecticut for, for older population, uh, 65 and older, is fully 85%. 85% of all the deaths, 9,000, whatever that number is, which is a lot, horrible. Um, but it seems like that we, we, we knew that. We knew it was, it was primarily an older generation, senior kind of disease in terms of severe symptoms and or death. Does it seem like we're still almost in the one-size-fits-all treatment of this? Um, I'm wondering why, you know, some folks had made the case, well, you know, for instance, the Prime Minister of Spain two days ago said, we're going to treat this now, this, this, this disease, as an illness, not an emergency. I'm not asking to necessarily speak on the on the on the on the you know the, the sense of that yes or no but but it seems like certainly younger kids I mean even though omicron is a little bit more contagious to younger kids we're not seeing the kind of same illness we're not seeing the death rates is there are we learning that this is a disease that can be treated differently per age group as we move forward Yeah, in fact, it already has been treated very differently per age group, not on the part of ourselves, but on the part of those age groups. So those who are younger are much less likely to be vaccinated, except when you take into account kids who have to obviously abide by the consent of their parents. But the thing about that is that because this is a social disease, if this was a disease that affected only you yourself, then we can make that extrapolation. But what we are seeing, for example, despite the rise in hospitalizations in kids, and uh, unfortunately there are more deaths that are happening in kids lately Mm -hmm. uh, for unknown Mm -hmm. reason, possibly due to Omicron, because Mm -hmm. it's a social disease, we are seeing kids give it to grandparents, and then grandparents don't do well. We are seeing, unfortunately, whole families uh, coming in sick, unfortunately some of them dying as well. So mm-hmm. we have to remember that it's, yes, in the context of an individual, it is not an emergency. But from a societal standpoint, we do have to approach everything as possibly being severe until proven otherwise. 
And, and what do you think about the some some European nations? And I'm not going to bring up the UK because there's a lot of political uh, upheaval in the UK right now. So it, we don't know that the decisions being made are, are political or, 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 or purely health. But certainly in Spain, where they're talking about the fact that they they want to treat it differently, they're, they're going to treat it as an illness as opposed to an emergency, which means they're going to they're going to reduce mandates. They're not they're not considering lockdowns anymore. Is that is is that a, a sound in your in your estimation? Is that a, a sound way to head with this? Uh, if it goes from when we go from pandemic to endemic? Yeah, that's a very good question. The question is, are we in the endemic phase yet? I'm not sure we're quite there. Maybe we'll be there with the next variant if it tends to be more infectious but more mild. Um, so I think it has to be targeted. It has to be targeted mm -hmm. in terms of uh, when do we put those mandates in place? Like, for example, if it does become endemic, we do need to think about every year from October to, yeah, let's say, right. February. Maybe we need masks at that mm -hmm. point. Maybe we should get vaccines to prevent the spread because mm -hmm. it still ends up being a deadly disease. And I'll use the analogy of influenza. Influenza didn't get any press until COVID hit. <laughs> Tens of thousands of people died from influenza right, every right, year. Right. Preventable. And so the thing about this that we all need to remember, these are preventable deaths. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes mandates, sometimes asking people to do things will prevent deaths. And we have to remember that. Mm -hmm. Well, you say preventable, but I mean, one of the things I think that is so, and we're talking with Dr. Ulysses Wu from uh, Harford Healthcare. He's the chief epidemiologist there. One of the things I think is so unsettling, tell me if you agree, is the fact that this is this is a weird disease because it affects people differently. You could you could be have somebody with, with one or two comor comorbidities and kind of get through it, or you could be perfectly healthy and end up almost dying. And it's like, well, why is that? Why, why, why is it different? I mean, you know, with the flu, you're going to get the flu. You kind of understand it. Is is it is it the novel nature of of coronavirus that we're not quite understanding yet, or is it that much different than influenza that it, it's always going to affect people differently? What, what what do you think? I think it's actually very similar to other diseases, and I'm going to go in the opposite direction and say it's almost something that we know too much. Of, and we don't even know enough of yet COVID, but it is the most studied disease in, in recent history. And so mm -hmm. things like that, we're going to extrapolate to other diseases. But some of those other diseases also affect other people as well. I've seen very young people come in with influenza and unfortunately perish without sure. any risk factors. And so, right. and right. you can extrapolate to things like cancers, for example. Mm -hmm. Why do some people get cancers that are very young and healthy? Why are there 40-year-olds that may die of myocardial infarctions who are running, you know, 10 miles a day? We don't know. So there is a significant genetic component, and genetics does determine to a certain extent your ability to defend against certain diseases. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, okay, so, so this is outside of medicine, but it's a question that I think a lot of people think about and ask. So when I get the flu, I mean, I, I don't get the flu a lot. I've had it a few times. When I, oh, you got flu. I, I, it's not like I, oh, no, I'm going to die kind of a thing, right? But, but COVID has, has, has put fear in the hearts of mankind that as soon as you get the diagnosis, you got COVID. Right away, you're thinking, you know, worst guy, I start catastrophizing. I'm going to die. I've got COVID, right? Is, is that a product of, again, is that a product of the newness of the illness? Or do you think more is that a product of the media scaring people? I, it, I, I think the best way to answer that question, it's a product of the actual number of deaths. I mean, we're approaching almost a million deaths. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Mm, and yeah, so sure. 
the reason I hear uh, that COVID isn't that bad is, oh, I knew Johnny. He got COVID. He did perfectly fine. <laughs> I mean, we've never seen deaths on this magnitude. No, like, no. like, like, I mean, I think last year, for example, we were losing the equivalent of a 9-11 every single day. Yeah. And uh, those numbers are very striking to me. And so uh, as much as I would love to say it's the media that is overblowing this, Shoot, I mean, 800,000 people dead mm-hmm. in that's our country lot. alone, that's a lot. That's, that's a, lot. a and, lot. And that's more, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think globally there were more deaths with the Spanish flu than, than with COVID. But I think in the United States um, we've had more deaths from COVID than we had from the Spanish flu. I'd have to look at the numbers yeah. to compare. But, yeah, our global numbers for COVID are in the millions right yeah. now. Yeah. And yeah. it's preventable. That's the sad thing, you know. Yeah. All right, I've got so many questions. I'm going to finish with one last one, one of my favorites, Dr. Fauci. So yesterday, Dr. Fauci, uh, it was as reported in Fortune magazine, said there's five stages of this COVID uh, pandemic, and he talked about deceleration, control, uh, elimination, um, um, eradication. I can't remember the third one. But my question is, elimination and eradication, is is that a reasonable uh, outlook considering we've had influenza for decades and it's still here and we haven't eradicated it. We haven't eliminated it. Is, uh, isn't COVID, do you think COVID is going to be like influenza? Like every year it's going to be flu A, flu B, and we're going to have a vaccine that kind of gets most of it, but not all of it. And every year there's going to be COVID and the vaccine is going to get most of it, but not all of it. How do you see it coming down the road? I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be less than influenza. So there are circulating coronaviruses I love you. So every (laughs) (laughs) every year when you get the common cold there's a 15 percent chance one of them is an original coronavirus prior to covid19 and so i think it's it's the same as rhinovirus i i think eventually and i don't know when i can't say it's going to be next year i can't come on we want it we want a a date doc come on be be committal january 15th (laughs) no i'm kidding (laughs) um i i think to be honest with you, maybe 2023, yeah. we may get into that endemic. It's a cold, yeah. uh, but still, it's going to affect people kind of like influenza, which sort of died down in terms of the new cycle. Yeah. It's still going to affect people and kill people, and right. we have to remember right. that. Right. Okay. Listen, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I uh, It's a thrill for me to interview you, particularly when I, I saw that article that you were quoted, and I go, all right, what's this guy see that other folks aren't seeing? I'm not really sure, but let's find out. I, and I hope I can call on you again. I'd love to have you back again and and, uh, and give us updates from time to time. So, um, Anytime, sir, really, anytime. Thank you so much. Happy I really appreciate here. it. Yes, and thank Talk you for you. your service. Please, thank you. please thank you. Thank you for all give you rest do. to everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Dr. Ulysses Wu from Hartford HealthCare. Uh, Chief Epidemiologist. Um, There you go. All right. uh, We're going to take a break. A couple commercials. We'll come back after the news. Open up the phone lines. First time caller Friday. We'd love to have you call 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Wilmarotti Show, WTIC News Talk 1080. This is local radio. The Wilmarotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back, 1038, WTIC News Talk, 1080, 800-966-9842, 860-522-9842. Open phone lines the rest of the show. 
First time caller Friday. Looking for you. If you're a, a caller, you've been listening for a while, maybe you wanted to call before. For whatever reason you haven't, well, now's your time. Call in, tell Matt your first time caller, and uh, we'll give you special treatment. Uh, ongoing questions of the day. If there is a primary in Connecticut, if there's a primary, Republican primary in Connecticut, who would be your choice? Uh, Bob's already declared. Uh, we had Themis Claritis on earlier in the week. She said she is close to making a decision either way. Yes or no. And then another candidate has declared, Susan uh, Patricelli Reagan has declared. So who would you vote for in the Connecticut primary? Number one. Number two, have you invited anybody to the show recently? That's what we need. I need your help. Even on my best day, I need your help. That means inviting friends, relatives, associates, neighbors. Hey, give it a try. Give it a listen. WTIC, 9 o'clock, Monday through Friday. Let's go to Frank in Woodbridge. Hello, Frank. First of all, how are you doing today? Good, good. What's going on? Uh, Joe Biden said there'll be severe consequences for Putin if he invades <laughs> Ukraine. Ridiculous. <laughs> Since Biden's been president, Putin's wealth has gone through the roof. The price of oil has doubled. Natural gas is up 40%. He's making this guy wealthier with his policies of this, uh, you know, uh, all going green and everything. There's nothing you could do to that guy to have consequences for him. He is the richest man in the world. Well, we got we got to hope there's something they can do. I mean, what, I, what can we do to them? The only I mean, thing we're going to do, is I think, cause we can ship a lot of weapons the, over there. I can we're going to we cause hardship for the Russian people. What's that? The only thing will end up happening is causing hardship for the Russian people, which means well, we're going to make more enemies. Yeah, but I mean, we're they're already our enemy. I mean, the Russian government's already our enemy. That's the world Chinese they say it's about enemy. the border. Ridiculous. Yeah. What border? We can't even protect our border. What I are we know. worried about protecting Ukraine's border? I think people all over the country are waking up to the fact that we have incompetent, incapable leadership right now. And I think the answer to that is going to be a massive shift uh, in November and then and then on to the presidential election. And we need a good president. We need to get somebody well, that's... Our number one enemy is China, and nobody talks about it. Well, I, I talk about China quite a bit, actually, but... Well, I know, I know China's an enemy, but, um, you know, I think you have to take things as they're, you know, you have to play the game as it comes to you, you know, and right now the biggest problem we have is is Russia and, and Ukraine, and we've got to figure out how to get that under well, control. I don't want any got, troops going, I don't want any Iran, troops going uh, over there. No Iran's not a, a, a close case. Our lives over there. Well, no, I don't think we need, we don't want troops on the, you know, boots on the ground, but we're going to have to help. We're going to have to well, help Ukraine. If not with weapons, maybe more. Air support, yeah, but there's I don't know. No way they could, there's no way they could hold them off. Well, uh, we, have to, we have to make the possibility. We have to make the possibility of Russian losses because of Ukraine's strength so strong. Putin, Putin will think at least nah, twice. No, it's not going to happen, Pastor Will. You can't yeah. make a band like that suffer. Not with that type of wealth. Yeah. The guy's worth about $130 billion. What are you going to do? The only way you could, you know, what, there is no way you're going to, if that guy wants to invade, he's going to invade. Well, unfortunately, and he, that's he what, cause damage to the soldiers, but that hurts the families. That's what tyrants do, right? I mean, that was what Hitler did. It's style, how Stalin handled things. This is how these people function. Uh, well, and but, I think but, the but only... The bottom line is this, though. The people, they talk about NATO. They don't even want them in there. This mm-hmm. is a corrupt country, Ukraine. These yeah. people are crooks. Well, the leaders are crooks. Right. Yeah, I, like all, like all the places. It's right, all over the place. It. 
We'll see, Frank. I'm praying. I'm praying that, that he doesn't go in, and I'm praying that Biden has the right response because it's critically important, and we can't well, mess this up. I hope you're up, right. So. hope you're right. Thank you, Frank. 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really I am seriously praying um, that something deters the Russians. I mean, you're, I wish, you know, I don't know what, but something has to. Here, uh, real quickly, in the category of you know you're in trouble when – um, you know you're in trouble with vaccine mandates when the Supreme Court rules against you and Starbucks, the company Starbucks, the most liberal food organization in the world, drops their vaccine mandate. Um, Chief Operating Officer John Culver told employees in a memo that the company is respecting the ruling and will not require uh, their partners uh, to continue with va- uh, mandated vaccination. There's already been an outcry from people that are, are all mad. All the liberals are all mad. It's their, their coffee places betrayed them and they don't care, blah, blah, blah. The other places, you know, you're in trouble when now this is a huge problem. I, I I'm really bothered by it. I've talked about it on the show, on the show before, but this concept of transgenders crossing over into other athletic arenas, uh, it's just, it's foolish, it's wrong, it's insensical, it's crazy to take a biological male who has transitioned to a female and allow that biological male, female, to compete in women's sports. It's foolish. And uh, the NCAA doesn't have a strong enough position on it. Well, listen, you know you're in trouble when... Caitlyn Jenner doesn't want transgenders competing in women's sports. Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner, former gold medal Olympic medalist. I mean, just uh, uh, not not good. He's disappointed in the NAACPs uh, or NAACP, the NCAA. He said, "I should read the article." He's disappointed because he says they've kicked the can down the road. It's unfortunate because then I'm out there to protect women's sports. Well, good for you, Caitlyn Jenner. Good for you. 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Do you think Russia's going to invade Ukraine? Do you think do you think transgender biological men should be able to compete in women's sports? What do you think about Starbucks dropping the vaccine mandate? Uh, so many good things to be talking about here. Let's go to West Hartford and Carmen. Carmen, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I am better than I deserve. What's on your mind? I wanted to ask you if you've heard of Stephen Hayes. He used to be on Fox in a yeah, sure. roundtable discussion Yep. with Charles, Kraut, Charles Krautheimer. Yeah. yeah, we love Charles. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I seen him on CBS this morning, and these rhinos like him... Yeah. They like to criticize President Trump. They call him, they say he spreads lies about the election. He's been spreading lies mm-hmm. since the election took place. Yeah. Now, he hasn't been spreading lies. He's been proven what took place to be true. The difference between President Trump and Hillary Clinton claiming the election was stolen is President Trump has proved it that it's been stolen. What say you? 
Well, I don't know if it's been proven or not. I know what the allegations are. I know what's been talked about, but I also know that 80-something lawsuits were dismissed. That doesn't mean it was what didn't happen because the lawsuits were dismissed. But going back to your first point, a lot of people have left Fox. Stephen Hayes has left Fox. Jonah Goldberg has left Fox. Because, well, let's, let's face it, they're not conservatives, and they get, they're get they uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable being in that environment, and so they pick up and they leave. And if they go to CNN, it's going to be the death of their career. Catherine Cryer, I believe, was another one. Was yeah, name? Yeah, a lot of folks have left Fox, but you know, again, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not as high on Fox as I used to be either. Um, as, um, as for gender, this, I, I believe you and I believe this is a battle between good and evil. You and I believe that God made us man and woman. And that's the way I see it anyway. Well, I believe I that, and certainly the Scripture talks about but But would you, you know, there's, there's consequences with decisions. Yeah, it's a free country. You can do what you'd like to do as long as you're not hurting other people, not breaking the law. And so if, if you feel, if you feel as a man that you really, you know, somehow missed out and you're supposed to be a woman, and you want to go through whatever pain and, and, and difficulty you have to go through to transition to be as close to a female as you can, that's fine. God bless America. But understand there's consequences to that decision. And one of the consequences to the decision is that does shouldn't give you a free pass to start entering competitive female sports where you're still a biological man and you have an unfair advantage over the women. It shouldn't happen that way. So there's consequences absolutely, in all decisions. Not. Do whatever you want to do, but recognize it's not going to be the same thing. It's just not. But I, believe, I believe these people are, are in a fallen state. And, uh, well, everybody's in a fallen state. I mean, that's that's the nature of man, right? But that's the biggest argument between conservatives and liberals. You know, the liberals think everybody's basically essentially good, and, and, and conservatives understand there's a fallen nature to us. But, Carmen, thank you for your call. Yeah. I appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Alex in Seymour. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, Pastor Will. Uh, good interview with uh, Dr. Wu there. He's a great guest. I really enjoyed that. Um, there were just two things I, I wish you asked him about, and um, maybe if you have him back on or you can email him offline and report back to us, I, yeah. I, I think people would want to know. Sure. Um, one is, uh, what can we be doing now, um, people who are vaccinated or aren't vaccinated, besides getting vaccinated to help? Uh, should we be taking vitamin D or doing anything in particular to strengthen our immune systems uh, in the meantime? And uh, two, I, uh, the thing I think a lot of people are worried about is, what is the what is the protocol for when you get COVID. If we if we do report it to you, are we going to, you know, be put on, uh, you know, uh, put on things, or are we just going to be told to wait at home? Because I think a lot of us, our biggest fear is just being told to wait at home until it's bad enough, and we go to the hospital, get put on a ventilator, and basically well, die. I think that's where testing is important. I think we I think we're over testing. I think people are getting sniffles and they're going to get tested. They want to get test kits. I think it's a little out of hand. Um, but testing is important, and testing is a good pre- precursor to what you should do. And if you test, if you test that you're positive, you have COVID, and the and the symptoms are are increasing, yeah, get your, get to the doc, sure. Yeah, I, I just think more clarity about what we should be doing besides getting vaccinated, and and what the protocol is when we well, get I mean, it. I mean, I think just for, just for good health. I mean, us. how long have we been reading right zinc? Vitamin C, vitamin D. One of the reasons it's it's more pronounced now than summertime is because of the, the amount of sun and the strength of the sun in regards to the Earth's rotation. 
we're not getting as much sunlight. We don't have as much solid sun as we get like in August or July. And so our vitamin D levels are down. So you should take, a, a, and, and it, I mean, it doesn't take, it's not rocket science. How, many, how much do you take? Go read what the label says. I mean, it's not rocket science to know how much vitamin D you take, but it can only help to take, take vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. All these things are known to boost your immune system. So I think that's a, a personal responsibility thing that, yeah, we should be doing that, Alex. I, under, I understand that those are common sense things, but it would be nice if public health officials would actually come out and say I know, right? That. You would think. but so all you, we want to you know what I mean? Vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. That's all, all right, they talk Pastor, about. Well, have a good weekend. Uh, Alex, before you go, I was encouraged with Dr. Wu's take on hybrid immunity, that that if you've had uh, COVID and recovered and you've got a vaccine, you're inc- incredibly resistant to this. I was very, very happy about him saying that. I want to know what the, the what the efficacy of just natural immunity is. And thank God Johns Hopkins currently is doing a privately funded study just on the efficacy of and durability of natural immunity. And I can't wait for that study to come out. I think it's going to be an eye-opener. So, Alex, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Bye. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. A couple commercials. You want to do that now, Matt, or one more call? What do you want to do? All right, take a break. A couple calls, uh, a couple commercials. Come back. We'll set up for the last call of the day. In fact, last call of the week. Rudy, Sharik, I see you're out there. Some open phone lines, 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Right here, Will Marotti Show, coming in for a landing when we get back. This is the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. Finishing up week three of the... Uh, of the- Will Marai show. It's like I've never been gone. I just feel like it feels so comfortable being back with you guys. And I know I was gone for nine months, but you know it's kind of maternity leave. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So uh, let's go to let's go to Florida. Daily Florida, Rudy. Hey, What's up, man? For Alex's sake, um, if he if he looks at my Twitter, which is Rudy FL two two, yes, um, my pinned tweet is a immune um, boosting diet, mm-hmm. and it's from the Department of Agriculture charts. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, uh, say again, again. What's we, your what is it? What's your Twitter handle? Rudy FL two two. Rudy FL two two. So Alex, go to Rudy FL two two on Twitter, and Rudy has pinned to his Twitter account. Uh, Immune boosting uh, health diet. Diet. Good. Okay. The charts, and it tells the food and you should be eating. But um, if he also on Odyssey, if he puts it in, mm-hmm. uh, asks the doctor every Saturday morning as an mm-hmm. eye doctor with a nutrition degree, yeah. and his partner is a doctor with a sports nutrition degree, oh, really? and uh, they have a super diet on their website. It's Doctor Michael Lang, mm-hmm. and but they talk about nutrition every Saturday morning in their uh, two-hour show. Oh, cool. Wow. And transgender, I brought that up with Tom yesterday. I, di- I took Bruce Jenner's or Caitlyn Jenner's talking points. Yeah. And uh, I actually got called homophobic for doing it. So What? That was, that was funny, yeah. So I, 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 repeated I, mean... Kate, I repeated Caitlyn Jenner's. 
point, and I got called homophobic. Well, that's a little wacky. I mean, someone's not thinking that one through, are they? Well, right? and you won't let me mention his name, but I, get, I know you can figure it out. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Some yeah. people just so, can't quit. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. You know you're in trouble as a movement. You know you're in trouble when Caitlyn Jenner is speaking out against you. Exactly. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I look at it, what happened to the term cross-dressers? Because a well, man, none of that, none of that works anymore. You know, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's offensive so, to people now. So. R- Russia, real quick. Um, yeah. They would eat our lunch. I mean, I think he's Biden's brought this country to such a weak state mm-hmm. that um, we're in a very delicate situation. We, if we are. get it. I agree. And, yeah, yeah, and it's scary. But th- there's a bunch of problems. First of all, they can't touch Russia. We have no oil in this country right now. We're getting it from Russia and the Middle East. No, because we canceled we, the best pipeline we had working, right? I, I mean, it's ridiculous that... Well, Will, <laughs> we were exporting natural I gas. I know, first time so, ever. I know. Right, so you can, you can leverage one product to the other product because it's both energy to keep everyone at a certain level. But now we have no leverage. So yeah. they won't even sanction Russia. Russia's going to do this. Well, they can't because I'm sure Hunter's taking money from Russia too. I mean, we know t- we know Hunter's taking money from Russia. Rudy, I'm going to let you go because I got a, wait, wait, a stack of calls. I'm trying to trying to get in here. I don't know this might be last call of the day. Let's go to Dave in Northford. Dave, welcome to the show. Pastor Well, long time listener, always. Uh, I, I'm not the first time, but I think this is my second time. Okay, what do you got? I have the solution to that. I know we're on, I'm running out of time. I have the solution to the transgender problem with the sports. They form their own teams, all yeah, transgender yeah. members. Some Nobody argues about it. That, yes. Nobody can take a side. They have their own teams, and they compete against other transgenders. It's exactly what should happen. It's the transgender league. You could call it the X League or whatever. And if they don't have enough in the school, well, sorry, you can't form a team. Yeah. And then let, let them go district-wise. Get one transgender from the school, another they form a team. You're and they play right. interleague or whatever. That's the problem. only solution, Dave. That's the only possible solution that makes sense. You can't, you can't have them competing with men because they're taking hormone therapy to reduce their testosterone. You can't have them competing with women because they still have natural biological advantage over women. The only opportunity is to have a transgender league. You're 100% right. Couldn't be couldn't agree more. Guys, thanks so much. Hey, we're out of time. Got to go. Uh, Matt, as always, thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Ulysses Wu, thank you for being our guest. Thanks for everybody helping out. And uh, have a great weekend. God bless you. Stay warm, stay dry, stay healthy. And I will see you Monday morning at 9 o'clock. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.